0: Well, um, evening, all. My name's Sam. Um, my pleasure to be a, one of the pastors here of the church, along with Paul. Uh, it's a real joy to be speaking. So, what I want to share with you this evening is really where I feel I, I've just had the for, the for some of you that may be new here, first time here, then welcome. Hope you enjoy church. I hope this is a different experience for you. It might have broken down some barriers where you think, man, I didn't realize church could be like this. Well, I just pray that you'd encounter this wonderful Father that I'm going to tell you a little bit more about. Um, but I've just had the privilege to have 12, almost 12 weeks off um, sabbatical break. And during this time, I, I felt God just begin to speak to me about some precious things. So that's, that's really what I want to present to us over the next few weeks. Now, my friend Steve here, just before uh, I came up to speak about five minutes ago, so he said he felt something prophetically for us, like just to remind us that, we don't come before a dead God. We don't come before a dead icon. We, we don't worship a God that's in a grave. We, we come to the living one. The God that we follow is alive. You know, that was the central message of the gospel in the New Testament. This guy, Paul, who wrote the gospels, his central message is, guess what? Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. And through the resurrection of Jesus and from Jesus being alive, he takes us to a brand new destination. And I want to tell you more about that as we go tonight. Now, this is what I feel like I'd like to bring to us as a church family, something that I've become absolutely convinced by. And it's this, that we need to know God as Father. The God who threw the stars into space, the one who made the cosmos itself, the one who puts the planets together, we can also know him as dad. We can know him as father. I'm convinced by this. This is a precious revelation that we see throughout the New Testament. In the Old Testament, there are so many attributes and natures. There still is of God. But primarily through Christ, he wants us to know him as father. And I'll convince you more and more as we get going. So I want to ask you the question, do you know him as Father? Just chucking it out there. Do you personally know him as your Abba? This is an affectionate term which means Father. Do you know him that way? Do you know we're saved for a reason? We're saved for a reason, because God wanted to save us. He he, he wants us so much. He wants us more than we want him, believe it or not. And we're saved for a purpose and a reason. And that purpose is intimacy and relationship. It's not just numbers. It's not just to be a face in the crowd. It's not just to follow a religion. It's for relationship. For relationship. So over the next few weeks, I want to convince us more and more that it's all about knowing him and being known by him. It's very simple. But it's it's the hardest journey for many, to know him and be known by him. So we're going to look at identity tonight, next week, intimacy, and then purpose identity, intimacy, purpose. This is where I feel God lay on my heart. So often as Christians, so often as people that want to do stuff to be accepted, we start with purpose. We start, what must I do? What can I do? I want to be involved without really knowing who on earth we are. But I believe with all my heart that God wants to nail this deal. He wants us to know who we are. And we, then we find out whose we are And then we realize how we function for our father. Jesus did what he saw the father doing. So it's all about identity tonight. So for this, I've got a title, but it's not. Oh, look, it is. Dan, you've done it. or Jan. Jan. Hello. From orphan to heir. From orphan to heir. This is the next three weeks. It's all about going from orphan to heir. And the The title I've got, I guess, for tonight, if you're making titles, is No Longer Orphans. Breaking Free from Orphan Thinking. And the way I'm going to do this is open up my journey, my journal to you, and I want you to share in my world. Jump into my mind. As I said this morning, don't worry. It's going to be quite safe. I want to just take you on a little bit of a journey of how this came about. It didn't just come out of nowhere. the the purpose of my sabbatical break was to take a rest to take a break but i actually wanted to learn and develop and study and learn from others and experience new things and there were primarily three things that i wanted to look at if you like the whole area of prophetic ministry how does god speak to us today and what is prophetic ministry the whole area of evangelism, and mission, because there's nothing that makes my heart burn more than when you're able to talk about Jesus to someone that doesn't know Jesus, and they say, ah, "He's real." That gets me going. And also, healing. Man, I want to believe for more healing. I've currently witnessed it in my own life that I've laid my hands on six pe- sick people and then seen them recover. And we've got story after story of all this sort of stuff. But very quick into my sabbatical, I was in my spare room and I had all this stuff bubbling around in my mind and it was so gentle of the father. He he effectively said, these are my words, but this is the impression I got. This is all really good stuff, but I want you to know me. This is all excellent, but let's just shelve that just for a little while because actually it's all about the foundation of your identity and living from identity and not performance. So that's the deal for tonight. And this is what I found myself writing in my journal. I remember the day. I remember it crystal clear. And I I started to write this. This is word for word what I wrote. As I read this out over us, I want you to place yourself in my words. Because my words will be your words if you know Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus, they can be your words. I just put living free from an orphan mentality, an orphan attitude and mindset. I am no longer an orphan. You might want to close your eyes. I'm no longer an orphan. I am loved by the Father unconditionally and eternally. And it's not based on how I perform or my good works and efforts. It's all based on the finished and redeeming work of Jesus Christ at the cross. Because of my faith in Jesus and his death and resurrection, I am now welcomed as a son. And Jesus' promise over my life is still the same. I will not leave you as an orphan. I will come to you. And that is the same promise for you, friend. In the gospel, Jesus says, I will not leave you as an orphan. I will come to you. And these are the verses that i found God just bombard me with and I'm just going to read them out. First one is from Romans 8. Romans chapter 8 and Paul writes, verse 15, for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back again into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons. Isn't that rich? By whom we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. And check this out. It doesn't say that. I've added that. And if children, then heirs, and it gets richer, heirs of God and fellow heirs or co-heirs with Christ. And there you go. Let's go home. I'm done. Man, if you didn't have any more of the Bible, just those few verses, that's enough to live for the rest of your days. Galatians 4, verse 4 to 7. Still Paul right into this other group of people. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law. Isn't that wonderful? To redeem those under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because your sons... God sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, this same phrase, crying, Abba, Father. So we are no longer a slave, but a son, and if a son, then an heir through God. And then lastly, Ephesians 1, 4-5. Even as He chose us in Him, listen friends, He chose you in Jesus before the foundation of the world. So he chose you in Jesus, and now he saved you and has hidden you back in Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Man, it's incredible. That we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption as sons through Jesus Christ, according to his purpose and his will. And then I went on to write, I was literally in my study for ages. I I call it a study, it's a spare room, it's a tip the most profound and most vital reality. I have been chosen by God. Wow. And I've been adopted by the Father. Wow. And it's all because he wanted to. Wow. It's because he wanted to. It's not because I was good enough. Look at the state of me. It's because he wanted me. And he wants you. It's because of his purpose and will. Some of you are looking like foxes in headlights, so right, I probably look the same. I'm just going to gently rock backwards and forwards until I find a happy place. I found it. He chose me. He adopted me, and it's all because he blinking well wanted to. Come on. Oh man. Because he wanted to. It was his purpose and will. I must shake off an orphan mindset. I am no longer an orphan. It no longer belongs to me. It's not my clothing any longer. That's not my nature, my identity any longer. I am chosen and loved and I belong to the Father. I am an heir of God with Christ. That's my identity. That's my inheritance. See, it was for freedom that Jesus set us free, it was for freedom. To live the life that God intended us to live, this is still my journal entry. To live the life that Jesus won and purchased for us at the cross, to live in our new nature as accepted children, loved children, forgiven children, secure children. And listen, friends, no more striving, no more performing, no more
1: comparing.
0: We live from identity and we don't live to perform. And do you know what? I feel. And I I say this humbly, I hope. I feel like it's my mandate, along with others here, to help this church, to help the church break free from orphan thinking. Because it's in all of us. Please, please, please don't think you sit here for a moment and think you've nailed this. It's in all of us. And our hearts need to be healed and mended. Every day you have an opportunity to think like an orphan. No one wanted me today... No one invited me there today. I'm not doing that. I should be doing that. On and on and on I could go. Ever bless you. Gesundheit. I told you I could speak Spanish. Jesus, Jesus said these words, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. In John's Gospel. Just picture him for a minute before his friends before he goes to the cross he's he's doing miracles left right and center he's and then he says but i'm going but don't worry i'm not going to leave you as orphans i will not leave you as orphans what a profound statement don't you think it doesn't say i won't leave you stop he says i won't leave you in your current state i won't leave you in this orphan mentality i won't leave you in this orphan paradigm because he knew that's how the earth was living. He was surrounded by religiosity. And he knew that the earth was covered with an orphan
1: mindset. I will not leave you as orphans. I'll come to you. I'll come to you. An orphan
0: is someone not living under the care of a parent. And you know what? We can, we can be born again. We could have encountered the wonderful brilliant saving mercy of Jesus. We can be baptized in the Holy Spirit. We can be doing all sorts of brilliant stuff and still think and live like an orphan. Our hearts full of wounds. Our mentality full of striving and drivenness. Performance and
1: our souls utterly in unrest. Anyone else suffer with that? (laughs) Thank you, Brian. Man, it's rife within all
0: of us. Is that you? An orphan heart is a
1: person not living under the care of Abba. Daddy. Father in heaven. Now this term, Abba, there's so
0: much, di- oh man, there's so much debate on it, i tell you. But the, the one that I love, just, this, just to grasp it, is it's an endearing, affectionate term for a father so you don't have to think it it doesn't need to put you off because it's like childish babble because it's not it's affection it's endearment it's how a father and a son or a father and daughter relate it's like when my girl grabs hold of me and smushes her face in my face and she goes daddy
1: at six and my son Tom goes hey pops boom fist bump, it's the same sort of deal.
0: Whatever layer, whatever level you're at, it's about relationship. But what it isn't, I don't believe, is this standoff. Yes, dear Father, you know, like, you can't come in. It's meant to draw you in,
1: this term. That wasn't in my notes, I don't know why. The orphan heart. Father, help us. Help us.
0: Reveal your heart for us. Because only your heart can displace our wounded hearts. see, we need to be aware that our hearts are alive in his heart and we are fixed and secure in his love. There's nothing you can do. I want to say this with the fear of being misunderstood, but I'll say it anyway. If you never come to this church again or any other church, if you never pick up the Bible again, if you never pray again, God loves you 100%. If you never do those things ever, ever again, but it's His love that compels us to do these things. But I want you to get that He loves you, He adores you. He adores you. I come down here because I couldn't see you, and I like seeing you. He adores you 100%. And I feel like some of you need to know that tonight. He adores you. He adores you. He adores you. I want this place to be full, but I want it to be full with people that go,
1: I'm loved. Man, I'm loved by Father. I'm loved. What does an orphan heart look like? Let's just look at
0: some symptoms just for a few moments, because this might help you put some meat on the bones. So this is all tip-of-the-iceberg stuff, really. How does it express itself? Well, ultimately, an orphan heart feels spiritually homeless. It feels like it has no place to settle, no home to call home, no no fixed abode. Wanders all over the place, looking for meaning and significance and acceptance and purpose. But it's homeless. It feels homeless. It's not true, but it feels that way. Living as though you don't belong anywhere. I'm just going to call out some things here. Maybe just close your eyes just for a moment. These are just some things that popped into my mind, and I wonder whether they'll be relevant for you. These are some symptoms. Constantly feeling rejected. The constant feeling of aloneness. Isolation. Criticizing and judging others, as in... I'm going to notice the speck of dust in my brother's eye and forget the whacking great plank in my own. Living with this victim mentality. Man, this always happens to me. Yep, there we go again. I knew that would happen. I'm a victim. The need to perform, the need to be affirmed, the need to seek praise from others before God, the need for recognition, the need for position. Hear me carefully here there. Unhelpful drive to be someone or something. I want my children to achieve greatness, but there is an unhelpful drive that actually somehow their significance is attached to what they do when it's not. Daddy loves them anyway. Daddy loves them anyway. Is that you? Not knowing how to appropriately express emotions, are you easily angered or agitated? Are you super defensive? Man, I struggle with all of these. Idolatry, is that something? Going to other places for comfort and satisfaction before God? Do you live in this perpetual sense of hopelessness, helplessness? Are you continually listening to and accepting lies, etc., etc., etc.? Feel free to open your eyes at any point. How, how might it form? There's some tip of the icebergs. This is like the tip that others notice, that you notice. It's just symptoms.
1: What is the root cause? What's beneath the actual surface? Well, you feel rejection because of rejection. You know, it doesn't come out of a vacuum.
0: Have you been rejected? Maybe you have been isolated. Maybe there has been some horrible abandonment that has happened to you. Maybe some horrible abuse. Mentally, emotionally, physically. Maybe you're someone that's been completely starved of love and you don't know how to appropriately love others. Isn't that so true of us? We don't quite know how to love people appropriately. Use and abuse people. Maybe negative labels, negative emotions like we see presented around here that's defined how you live. Harmful experiences, trauma predominantly, I think it's a lack of love from a parent or guardian or someone that's been put over, over you to care for you. So many of us are starved of what true love looks like. And that can cause an orphan mindset because it's been badly modeled to us. So there's some root causes. What about the solution? How do we break free? Well, Jesus' desire is to lead us somewhere, to Dad. He's the way to the Father. His plan is to take us and secure us right in the Father's heart. And right under his constant heavenly parental care. That's Jesus' desire. To live in his love and goodness, that our hearts find life in his heart. And I heard someone say this, and I, I believe it as well. I don't think an orphan heart is something that needs to be cast out. But it's something that needs to be repaired. It's something that needs to be healed, right? So, some things do need to be cast out. But I think the, the perpetual sense of unrest, rejection, it's just hearts that need healing. My heart needs healing. Does your heart need healing? We're a work in progress. I'm under construction, are you? Are you allowing his word, his spirit to just completely heal you up? But it's a heart that needs healing. As I've said, the orphan heart feels it has no home. So the way that we heal this heart is to welcome it home, is to introduce this heart to a whole new home, a whole new parent, a parent for the first time, a father to the fatherless, a protector of the orphan and widow as the word tells us. To introduce this orphan heart to a loving daddy. God the Father heals our wounded hearts when they find rest, security, and acceptance in him. And when we rest our hearts in him, we find wholeness and healing. That's all great, Sam. That's really helpful,
1: pal. But how? These are just words at the moment. How does this... Give me some context.
0: I want to try and help with this a bit more. Let's push this a bit further. So we've all been born under an orphan uh, creation, if you like, since the fall of humanity. We've all been riddled with this orphan heart, I believe that, since Adam and Eve. God is in a rescue mission to restore us back to the Father, and he sent his son, Jesus. First of all, we need to acknowledge that our hearts need healing. As a pastor here, uh, and I I liken myself like this because I can be just as proud as the next woman or man, but I wonder whether we are ready to acknowledge that our hearts need healing at times. So often I encounter people and it's as if uh, they're just unaware of it or they're aware of it but head is buried in the sand. And I think the first step is acknowledgement. To say, do you know what? Yeah, I do feel all those things you read out earlier, and then some. So to acknowledge. Secondly, to reject lies. The, the Bible says that we are transformed by the renewing of our minds in Romans 12. The way that our lives change is when our minds get renewed to actually think what God thinks about us. heard someone say that I can't afford to have a thought in my head that isn't in his head. I think that's helpful. I can't afford to think sans thoughts because I'm bonkers. I think stupid things. Sorry to use that word. But I always think negative if I'm not careful. But my father says I'm his son. My father says I'm accepted. My father says I'm eternally loved. Whatever happens. So we need to reject lies and we need to affirm truth. But we do that by being transformed by the renewing of our mind. And the way we renew our mind is by eating
1: this. We've got to eat it. I want to ask you, do you eat this? Do you eat it? Do you know what I've found to be true? This
0: says of itself it's living and active. All you need to do is read it. You don't need to try and figure it out, just read just read. I've noticed so my own life over the last few. I'm just going through the Gospels. Just reading Luke at the moment. I'm just reading, reading, and I'm like, man, I'm, just, I'm feeling all right. Like Paul said earlier, worship is like having a meal. Can you tell me every hot meal you've ever had? No, but you know they've all done you good. A bit of stir fry, a bit of roast dinner. Every meal you've ever had has done you good. Some better than others, as you can see. But are you getting this into your brain? Are you getting this into your heart? Let this define who you actually are rather than your mind because your mind needs to be transformed by his mind and his mind is wrapped up in these words. Recognize negative emotions. Don't ignore them. They're like the warning light on a dashboard. They come on for a reason. Why am I feeling angry? All the time. I shared this story earlier, I'll share it again. Man, I, I was ready to lose my mind last night. My son spilt a little bit of milk on the carpet. And I was ready to sell the house. Right, that's
1: it, we're moving. It's ridiculous. You know, I, I had a stern word
0: with myself. But no,
1: why are they there?
0: Am I still looking to perform for acceptance? I don't need to do that. Jesus has done that. And then forgiveness. We must be those that walk in forgiveness. Unforgiveness will riddle our hearts and keep them sick. Bless you. I heard someone say that unforgiveness, the danger of unforgiveness is like drinking poison, deadly poison, and expecting someone else to die. That's what we think. That's what we think, don't we? We think, oh, I'll show them. I just will never speak to them. We're poisoning our own hearts. Whatever you've been through,
1: you can find forgiveness. Jesus did, and he was killed. He hung upon a wooden cross, and he had nails piercing his arms, and he cried out, Father, forgive them. They
0: have no idea what they're doing. So if he can do it, we can do it. We can do it. And to finish I'll be a couple of minutes, but this is the point I want to finish on. We then need to see the beauty of the gospel again. You know, so these other things, first of all, acknowledge them, understand the root cause, the the symptoms, that's all good, but we mustn't leave our hearts exposed with no solution. The solution, as Adrian Holloway so wonderfully said last week, is always Jesus. He is the anchor. He's our life source. He is the solution. And He takes us to a completely new reality. Listen to what Jesus won for us at the cross. God the Father sending His Son, this is the gospel. God the Father sending His Son, Jesus, to get more sons. That He would die upon a cross so He could call sons and daughters back to Himself. So God sends Jesus for us rescues us and then brings us back to himself. We've been rescued for a purpose. The cross is our rescue. We were perishing. It became our life raft. I had this imagery as I was preparing this. We needed rescuing. Imagine yourself treading water in the biggest ocean and you were just told you're going to have to just tread water for eternity. Jesus is our life raft. We would have perished. Outside of Jesus, if you can hear me, and I hope you can, you will perish. Outside of Jesus, you will perish for eternity. But he was sent by the Father as our life raft that we could cling on to and hold on to. But like a life raft, he is taking us to a completely new destination. We don't live on the raft. He takes us home to the Father. Jesus himself said, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. He is the gateway. He is the only way. But he is the way. He's the life raft. So he's the point of rescue, but he's also the point of access. He's the rescue and he's the access. He rescues us because we're perishing. And then he says, do you know what? I'm taking you to a brand new home. I want us to give Jesus his full
1: reward. He died upon a wooden cross so we could live for eternity in the Father's house, in a new heaven and new earth. Jesus said, I'm making loads of rooms for you, and I'm going to take you back there.
0: Man, Scripture tells us that Jesus has done it all. Many Christians live on the raft, unfortunately. Unfortunately. And wonder why there's not enough room. It's a bit stuffy. It's a bit busy on this raft. Some kick others back in the water. You Rotten sinner, get in there. Others press the self-destruct button, saying, "I'm jumping back in the water. It's too much." Because we live on the raft, rather than let him take in us to a whole new home. But there are those that get this revelation. May maybe just maybe I'm safe for a purpose and its relationship with the Father through the Son. Now, I want to be careful, because I can already feel you punching emails into your system. Do you say, Sam, that the cross isn't important? No. Dear God, no. It is the only point of access. Like, hopefully, I've nailed, I've tried to major on this. The cross is our freedom. What I'm suggesting is I want us to look at it like a lifeboat, that it's taken us home. It's taken our hearts to their true homes. And that's in the Father's heart. Just think about that for a moment. Is your heart wandering? Wandering aimlessly? You confess to be a Christian. I confess to be a Christian born again, filled with the Spirit. But man, am I living like an orphan? Are you living like an orphan? scrabbling around for acceptance, for meaning, for purpose, for recognition, for position, then I've made it. When God says, I think you're amazing. I think you're amazing just the way
1: you are. Because I made you just the way you are. Made you just the way
0: you are. Man, this gospel's incredible. I'm not sure we understand how rich it is. It's more beautiful than we could ever imagine. The trouble is we just don't believe it. Or our lives would reflect it, wouldn't they? Save for sonship. Orphans to heirs. That's our identity. I'm going to finish with a few thoughts and I'm going to ask the band to come back up. So we are rescued from something, sin, and rescued for something, relationship rescued from to become sons and daughters that we would enjoy new family rights that I can enjoy man man I'm a co-heir with my older brother Jesus everything that is of Jesus is now true for me I want to say that again every reality that is
1: true of Jesus is now true of you shall I say it another way around
0: Jesus' inheritance becomes your inheritance because you're in Jesus if you consider yourself a Christian. Man, is huge. God the Father sent his Son to take us to the Father. So this is the thought I want us to leave us with. What kind of Father does he take us to? So that's great, Sam. Thank you for the symptoms, for the root cause, for all of the stuff. Wow, Jesus, you've, you've made a way. Father, you're amazing. But what kind of dad are you?
1: I heard someone say, he's not the Godfather. He's the good father. He's God the father.
0: And that really helped me. I love these old gangster films. And my name comes from the film The Godfather. Santino is the guy that gets killed right at the start. (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Dad. But if you know anything about the film, you know anything about Italian mafia, which (laughs) I don't know what I'm confessing to here, but the Godfather's role is to bring punishment and fear. You pay up or you pay. You mess with my family and I will smite you. Many of us look at God like the Godfather. And I wonder whether that's you. Man, if I don't perform, if I don't do this, he's going to strike me down or... I don't quite know how to
1: approach him. He's God, the good father. He's God, the good father. He's God, the good father. Can I just invite the band back up? That would be great. He's God, the good father. Now I heard someone
0: say, we can never exaggerate his goodness. We can get it distorted, but we can't exaggerate his love. We can distort his love and twist it, but we can never over exaggerate the father's goodness. Taste and see, like my sister said earlier, that he is good. Like Paul invited us to do. But it's about stepping into his goodness. It's there for you. The Father's arms are always wide open. You know, and lest we, there's so many aspects, there's so many attributes, so many uh, aspects of God's nature. But primarily, I believe with all my heart that He wants us to see all of these natures through the lens of Him being our Father. Do you know, if we just know, if my kids just knew me as just without knowing me as Daddy, they would fear me. They wouldn't know how to come to me. If we knew God as holy, just, pure, righteous, the one who burns and hates sin without knowing him primarily as father, we wouldn't come to him or we'd fear coming to him. But I believe he is all these things. I want to be careful I say this, but I want you to hear it this way round. I believe he's a father who's good. He's a father who's just. He's a father who's good, righteous, pure, holy, hates sin. He's a father. So I feel more and more that we need to see him through those lenses. Can we stand together?
1: Now, in Christ, our hearts
0: find their true homes. In Christ Jesus our hearts can come home. In Christ Jesus, we are one with him and we are now one with the Father. In Christ Jesus, we find our true identity as sons and daughters of God. In Christ Jesus, we realize we've got a completely crazy, bonkers inheritance and it will never spoil for us. So we're just, we're just going to worship. Before we do that though, there was, my friend sent me a text message last night this lady called Bonnie, she said was, she was praying for me and she said she felt these three phrases. And I just knew this is the way we're going to minister today. One, there are no orphanages in Papa's kingdom. Secondly, there is no such word as an orphan in his vocabulary. And thirdly, there are no such people as orphans in his economy. So right now, I just want to invite you, if there is anything that I have said to do with fear, drivenness, performance, rejection, whatever it might be, if you feel you're someone here that suffers with an orphan heart, an orphan mindset, or you feel, man, I've never experienced this love, I just want you to put your hand in the air.